Hello, and welcome to Super Turbo 64. I'm Jeff, and I'm here with Jason, and we're just two folks here to talk about video games. You scared the shit out of me. (laughs) I was doing, like, the countdown, about to give you the signal, and then, hello! (laughs) You know, it's funny, because, like, I was thinking this earlier. It's just like, man, I always do the intro. I should give Jeff the intro one of these days. I know. I thought I'd take it by force. Exactly. Good for you. I appreciate your uh, enthusiasm for the intro. I hope I uh, scared every listener as well. Well, I mean, once, like, when this is in the editing phase, you know, it's going to have the music going. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to have uh, any jump scares, but, you know. Shoot. Yeah. Oh, well. What are you going to do? I don't know. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe in post, I'll just really make your hello just obscenely loud. Yeah. That's and then everything else at normal volume. I think, uh, you know, everybody is going to love it. Yeah? Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah, I see no way in which that could backfire. <laughs> How's life, Jace? It's going good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good, good. Yeah. How's the uh, how's the video game life? What you been playing? You know, the video game life has treated me uh, very well. I, the other day, yeah, like over the weekend, I uh, I beat Fallen Order. Mm. which was a phenomenal experience. Yeah. You know, I I pretty much, you know, I loved almost my entire time with the game. Mm-hmm. You know, save for, like, one kind of problem area and also a particular boss fight, which, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to get into. Yeah, because we're uh, planning on doing a how did you like exactly. Fallen Order. Yep, yep, because, Jeff, you played Fallen Order it's actually, if I'm not About mistaken, a year ago now. yeah, yeah. I if I'm if I'm remembering right, you were playing Fallen Order on probably one of yeah, the very first episodes we recorded. Right, yeah, you right. were you were in the thick of a Star Wars kick. That's right. You know, which mm-hmm. you know, I'm probably I'm probably getting into the very beginnings of a Star Wars kick. Oh yeah. You know, I'm ramping up slow. A little bit, yeah. Fallen Order kind of really got me into you know thinking about what this next star wars kick the shape it will take Mm. you know you know at the end of my last star wars kick kick i uh, ended up buying that massive omnibus of uh yeah the uh, the new marvel comics star wars which is great like it's a it's it's a a great series i read the first i mean before not this time i bought it but i borrowed your yeah i had maybe the first couple volumes you know anyhow i uh i didn't read it you know and sitting is taking up some massive real estate on my bookshelf but well yeah it's sitting there waiting to be read it's it kind of looks like one of those really big coffee table books right now yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's about that size because it's i don't know like the coffee table i always think of like the flat books that are like super big and then so you crack them open and they're like i guess a big picture of a leaf or something yep that's i suppose so but this one is more thick it is with several c's yep it's it's humongo um so i'm hoping that i get around to reading that yeah maybe when your next star wars kick yeah, you know, comes around. I know. I still haven't watched uh, season two of Mando. Yeah, there was this really funny thing. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld has this bit about you know people not wanting to lose their appetite. 
And he's like, it's fine. You'll always have another appetite. Yeah. And so it's the same thing. You will always have another Star Wars kick that shows up, you know? Yeah, eventually. Because it's like, you know, I couldn't, I didn't say I really had a bit of like a Star Wars kick when I was watching Mandalorian. I'm just, I'm just watching it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But after Mandalorian kind of made me want to play Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. And then after Fallen Order, I'm, then it's the Star Wars kick. Okay. But uh, after I beat Fallen Order, I uh, I started playing a game that I've that has kind of been on my radar for a little while. It's called East, and that's spelled Y S. Yeah. yeah, it's um. So like the uh the c- company that makes that, it's the same company that does um, the Trails games that I've talked about multiple mm-hmm. times on the show, and it's like, in kind of my thinking about it. You know, one's Mario and one's Zelda, you know, for this okay, company. Okay. It's just like they're two big flagship series. Yeah. And East is, I don't know, it's, each game is kind of its own self-contained adventure. You know, okay. so you can play them really in any order, which is why I'm able to play number eight and be, you know, okay. not utterly confused as to what I'm doing. Gotcha. But yeah, you play as this adventurer guy who is on who is sailing he's like working as a uh sailor to pay for his passage and the ship is attacked by a giant sea monster and you wake up on this island which is kind of like a you know bermuda triangle sort of thing it's got this real sinister reputation Mm -hmm. and the like the game is you exploring this island finding other castaways um building up like your little um little community and yeah, it's just it's got really phenomenal uh action and gameplay and it's probably oh, yeah. probably has one of the best feedback loops of any RPG I've ever played. Just okay. everything feeds into each other so well and so naturally. It's just it's been a blast to play. And you're playing this on PS4? I am. Yeah, you can get it on PS4 and the Switch. Biggest reason I got it on the PS4 was it uh, runs a little smoother. Okay. You know, and for a game that has, you know, really fast and frantic uh, action, so, okay. I figured, you know, the extra FPS would probably be good for me. So it's like an action it RPG? It is. Yep, yep. It has really fast and smooth combat. It's That's cool. A, it's a good time. I've been nice. really, really enjoying it. It's been a really long time since I played a game. Usually I'm playing like two or three games at a time. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the only times in a long time where I've just been playing, you know, yeah. one. Yeah. It's the game has been able to just kinda satisfy mm-hmm. so many things. Well that's cool. It's is it like a if uh how do you compare it to Animal Crossing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean Deserted Island. Yes. Um one is fraught with monsters and danger. Mm-hmm. And one is east, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's like, you know, you get to build up basically just this tiny village, you know, so it's nowhere near the amount of, you know, things that you would have for your island on, say, Animal mm-hmm. Crossing. But there is, sign- like, sort of this element where you get to see the village develop throughout the course of the game, and you get that kind of nice satisfaction Okay. Uh, that you, the same kind that you would in Animal Crossing, even though the uh, kind of the crafting and customization is a little bit different. Gotcha. No, it's so. 
crafting, you say, customization. Yep. Does it have like a survival element, or is it mostly it's just JRPG? Or... Uh, it's more more on the JRPG side. I mean, you are finding, um, like, uh, ingredients for stuff all throughout mm -hmm. your time exploring, mm -hmm. and that's stuff that you know you're able to upgrade your gear with, uh, upgrade and fortify the defenses for the village, mm -hmm. and you know get different accessories. No, no, it all kind of, like I said, it all feeds into each other. Okay. Which is, yeah, very, very engaging. And the story has been pretty uh, engaging as well. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's done a few things where, you know, like the story was pretty simple for a good chunk of the time. You know, it's basically just a story of, you know, survival and finding other castaways and mm -hmm. basically trying to find your way off the island. But as the game's progressed, it's got this thing now where, you know, you're kind of real you're learning more about the island. Mm -hmm. You find out about a lost civilization on it. You find out about like the groups that have been marooned on this island over the years. I know. And it's just like none of these story points overstay their welcome. So you're always kind of bouncing around. Gotcha. Just kind of like how, you know, a really well-paced book will switch perspectives and you just yeah. always are wanting to see what goes on in the next chapter. How long ago did this game come out? Um, I want to say, because it originally came out on the Vita, if okay. I'm not mistaken. And I think that may have been like 2014-ish. Yeah. It's an older thing. Um, I think it got its PS4 port maybe in 17 or 18. Okay. So it, it's been out for a little while. Sure. The newest East game only came out in the States, gosh, within this last year. Oh, you know? Yes, yeah. Okay, well, cool. Mm -hmm. um, sounds like it's a very uh, varied game. Yeah. Got a lot of. Um, what game would you say the action combat is most like? Um. The kind of the pacing and the mobility of it kind of reminds me of Near Automata. Okay. Um. It, it does kind of have its own thing because enemy types kind of have a rock, paper, scissors sort of thing. And so members yeah. of your party excel at going against certain enemies. Okay. So you're always swapping between party members. and. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. It could also be like, the, oh gosh, those uh, those really big hack and slash games like uh, Dynasty oh, Warriors. Sure. Yeah, because there's a lot of enemies, mm -hmm. you know. Well, that's cool. Yeah, super fun. Nice. Now, how about you? What well, have you been playing? You would happen to know that I managed to snag a, a PlayStation 5. You did. I mean, I think last episode, I was I we were talking talk about, about that, your, yeah. your woes in finding one. <laughs> and I feel like maybe a day or two after we recorded the episode, you're just, I got hey, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was... Uh, taking a nap on the couch mm -hmm. and uh the phone woke me up from with the notification and i you know this gamestop is selling ps5 so i'm like mm -hmm. fine i'll buy one <laughs> yeah i guess no you i sat there refreshing the page and stuff it uh worked out uh i got a disc version nice um see that's probably the route that that we're gonna go to mm-hmm um they both have the same amount of storage, mm -hmm. um, both like a disc version of a game and a digital version of a game are going to take up the same amount of space. Okay. 
but uh, just being able to share games and right. have like a, you know, uh, buy used games and stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. It's, it's gonna save some cash eventually, mm-hmm. and plus, you know, being able to play my old PS4 games without having to turn on the PS4 is nice. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I've been playing Demon Souls. Nice. I've been playing Call of Duty with Tyler. I've been playing uh, freaking Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Said with love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> real real love. Uh, no, I, I've never had a, uh, a history with the Crash Bandicoot games, but I, uh, I watched somebody stream the fourth game for a bit. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, this looks fun. Oh hey, the there's like 19 games that come for free, so to speak, if you buy uh, the PlayStation Plus with the uh, right. if you have PlayStation Plus, like you get to play 19 different uh, PS4 games. You know some mm-hmm. major hits like Last of Us and God of War and right. stuff like that. And um, included in that was the. The Insane Trilogy. Yes, so the remastered trilogy of the original three Crash Bandicoot games. And you know, like, it's funny, but just as you were... (laughs) It's funny that, you know, between a Souls-like game and Crash Bandicoot, the one that is frustrating you (laughs) to no end is Crash Bandicoot. (laughs) Yeah, I I used to think I was good at platforming games, you know? Mm -hmm. And then Crash Bandicoot reared its orange head. Yep. Um... I, you know, I'm looking for every little excuse that I can be like, well, the game, like, you know, you know oh, it's got uh, unreal, like, hitboxes on the turtles, you know, like, I can't believe that I just, oh, I jumped on that freaking lizard's head and then I automatically walked backwards off the platform. What the hell? You you're know? you're trying to find a good reason to say that the game is broken. Yeah. I'm I'm a scrub. Yes. That's what's happening. Yes. I'm a crash bandicoot scrub. Um but uh I I just tweeted he nerded yesterday um <laughs> that uh this is what hell looks like and it's it's a picture from the uh, the stage, the high road in which you have to jump along a bridge, and on this bridge are little turtles. Okay. And uh, you need to like, you know, not land on the broken planks, and then uh, you just use the turtles as massive trampolines to uh, get across and just basic bridge stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it is suffering. It is um, I I love to hate it. Now, is this still in the first Crash Bandicoot game? Yeah. Okay. I have not made it to game two. I did just beat that level this afternoon. Uh, I don't need your sympathy claps. <laughs> You'll <laughs> get them you, anyway. <laughs> I uh, no uh. I I don't know. It's it's a bad sign when a level just gives you two lives at the second you start it up. Like you stand next to two heart or like little right. heads and it's just, yeah. it gives you're gonna you, have trouble here, yeah. pal. I don't know. So Crash Bandicoot, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. 
Um, it is. It's the Dark Souls of platforming games. Interesting. I often wonder when I'm playing, I'm like, is this what it's like when somebody's never played an old Mario game and they start an old Mario game? Right, yeah, because so... Um, I played a little bit of one of the Crash Bandicoot games, mm-hmm. you know, on the, the original PlayStation, but I was always more uh, into Spyro, yeah. you know, for my 3D platforming needs. Mm-hmm. And... Um, like, and I mean, I, I definitely remember it being difficult, you know, mm-hmm. and that frustration of you're just running along and you maybe just press the input to do your spin attack a tiny bit too late. Yeah. And the tip of your sneaker touches an enemy and yeah, you're dead. You're dead, exactly. It, yeah. That's like, that's, you know. There's no HP. There's a, most of the levels are on a plane of some kind of, whether it's like two, you know, going left to right or up and down, you yep, know. Yep, yep. Um, and so, you know, there's, you would think there's no room for error, but once in a while you just, if you're using the stick, especially you can get off that plane and you're like, Oh, I didn't jump on the bird. Excuse me. But, uh, instead you, uh, you stub your little sneaker, like yep. you said. Um, and I don't know if just cause I, I don't even remember which of the crash bandicoot games I played. Sure. And so I don't really know like how different one through three is from each other. I'm worried that they're all like one right now. I I'm, I want like, I'm, I've been tempted to look at two. Sure. And see if it's merciful. Yeah. It, yeah. It could be like, you know, the early Mario games where they're, you know, difficult but they're they kind of are varied yeah you know one two and three are all very different from exactly other, you know yeah and i mean spiral one two and three i really won't say they're that different from each other oh yeah you know they they all kind of focus on you uh you know going into a level and collecting a thing you know mm-hmm. so and i I can't really say that one is, you know, exponentially more difficult than the other. They're mm-hmm. all fairly forgiving, you know. Yeah. Um. So. And I wish I could offer like... you some some Bandicoot solace, <laughs> but I don't <laughs> think I can. Yeah. Some fraternity. Exactly. Um. No, I think this is a a Australian road that one must tow alone. Um. <laughs> I don't. I definitely screwed that up. But like, uh, <laughs> um, it's my road to hoe, right? That's what, there road, it is. Is it? Do they say road or road to hoe? I. But anyway, I have no idea. What's more important is Crash sucks. Don't ever play it. And if you're a Crash fan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it happened to you. <laughs> who you must hurt have had you? Had a rough childhood. Yeah. Who hurt you? <laughs> um, this is no. coming from the guy who replayed getting over it 50 times (laughs) (laughs) i played that game 50 times and probably a little i think i've beaten it at least one more time afterward just okay just for fun um it's uh that game there's no enemies you know there's no there's no toe to stub no, I. Anyway, I just. I'm mostly joking about right. Crash Bandicoot. Right. Mostly. Mostly. Um. Now, but Demon Souls. That's. It's a much easier game. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh. 
it's something else. Yeah. Um, like, it's it is very similar and very different than Dark Souls in some ways. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, I guess you would say it's eighty percent similar to Dark Souls. You know. Yeah. Um, like the first, it's there's a tutorial area. Which really is interesting. So you start off. And you're just crushing these poor little, like, brainless soldiers. Um, and then you get, at least I got one-tapped by the boss of the tutorial area. Um, and then you come back to life as a soul um, in the Nexus. <laughs> and there's five regions that you can access but first, like, they make you do the first region's first boss before you can access the rest of it. Okay. And uh, But after that, you're you kind can... of free to explore it how you want? Exactly. That's cool. Um, each world has a tendency, they call it, which is a, a maybe a... It's more of, like, how... If you manage to regain your human form and then die... Or if you, like, kill NPCs for no reason, um, you make the world turn into, like, a dark tendency, Mm. and the world becomes harder. So, yes, you heard me right. If you die too many times, the world gets harder. That's that's, that's good good game design. That's really (laughs) good game design. Um, uh, It's like every time you stub your toe on Crash Bandicoot, (laughs) your toe gets bigger. (laughs) Until your feet are just so huge, exactly. you will stub them on something half the level away. It's funny. I In Dark Souls 2, this is something they brought back from Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. Kind of. They uh, Every time you die in Dark Souls 2, your health bar gets smaller. Yeah, right. And uh, it can go all the way down to half capacity. Okay. And you can use an item to get your health bar back okay in demon souls you die once and your health bar is at half capacity oh cool uh and like i said the end of the tutorial section you get one tapped by a boss and so for until you beat the first boss of the game you're at half capacity for your health bar and uh the game cool. is cool yeah it's, super it's a cool. great game i love it uh it's it's I would say it has uneven difficulty because the bo- like well the first boss is easy the f- there is a like one mini boss character in the okay. first area before the first boss that took me like an hour to beat um but uh other than that like every enemy you can like beat in two hits and they're very slow and you're like okay. You're just, like, crushing them. Like, is this game a lot easier than Dark Souls? Is what I'm thinking as I'm going through it. And then you realize there are no bonfires. Uh, Ah. You get bonfires, so to speak, when you kill a boss. Uh, Okay. So, the first boss, thankfully, they, like, you have to unlock the front door to the castle... And then you fight him in like the gatehouse. Uh, so you're able to, like, to like just create go from the shortcuts. B- yeah, exactly. Okay, so the bonfire thing doesn't become as big a deal if you're able to get shortcuts. To- yeah. Okay. 
But there's no shortcut to the second boss, though it's not a long run, per se. Okay. Uh, there's no shortcuts to the third boss, which I would call it the third boss, which is the first boss. The second world. Anyway, uh, I think adding bonfires was a good idea. Sure. Uh, in Dark Souls. That's and the thing that I had heard is, you know, I've a couple of the uh, YouTubers that I follow, they've done some pieces talking about mm -hmm. uh demon souls and whatnot and you know they've talked about how you know you can see so much of the foundation of what dark souls yeah. you know would become mm -hmm. from that game you know and right. some of the, like a couple of them you know had never played the like demon souls mm -hmm. before because you know it's um not not as you know nearly widely accessible Right, it's on PS3 only. Yeah, right. Until now. Until PS5, now. Yeah. Right, but yeah, it's it's been interesting to see them play it and like, as from what I understand, you know, the remaster, the team that did it, you know, changed very, very little in terms of gameplay. That's yeah, absolutely true. However, they did like rebuild the entire game from scratch. Right. Which it looks amazing. Exactly. It's the best looking game I've ever played. It's kind of like, you know, what they again what they did with the say like the Crash Bandicoot trilogy yeah. and Spyro, you know, the true remake or remakes exactly. instead of remasters. Exactly. You know, yeah. the I've heard people describe it as it's like playing that old game with your nostalgia. Yeah. You know? So, like, if you're playing, if you played the Spyro games, you know, as a kid, and you then you play these remasters, in your mind, it's just like, this feels exactly like how I remember it, and it looks kind of how you felt it looked at the time, mm -hmm. you know? And it's it's cool to, uh, that's when I feel like a remaster it just really nails it. Yeah. Um you compare like the remakes uh, of like Spyro Crash and mm -hmm. Demon Souls to like a remaster of Assassin's Creed 2 or whatever. Right. That game, you know, was reported to look worse than the original. Uh how <laughs> how do you manage that? And, I really like, don't know. They introduced bugs where like their faces would be like just horrific uh oh, you know like I remember the pictures of that things, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's Ubisoft. Yeah. Nailed it. Um, so you know, right now I think a lot of a lot of gamers with a Z out there are uh, hoping that Bluepoint, which is who remade Dark Souls or Demon Souls, mm -hmm. is going to remake like Bloodborne. Um, uh, and I mean, like, you don't need a remake of two because it sucks no. and uh you don't need a remake of three because it has it looks pretty good and it's got no fps cap if i'm not mistaken sure uh so like it's it runs really well on ps5 i've heard okay yeah um, bloodborne just i mean granted you know it's it is an older game you know mm -hmm. now because it was it's it came out years old yeah, yeah it came out at the very beginning of the playstation 4's life cycle but mm -hmm. still the idea of doing a uh, remaster of Bloodborne. Usually, mm -hmm. when you think about a remaster, you think about a game that maybe came out during, I don't know, PS one to maybe three era. Sure. You know. Uh, yeah. Except uh, Bloodborne has like a, it does have that FPS cap of mm -hmm. thirty, 
And, right. Um, so and it can get a little janky in areas. Uh, I suppose, yeah. So you know, if they, I think a lot of us would be very happy if well, uh, sure. we got a sixty FPS version. I mean, if you think about it, Dark Souls One got remade like two years ago or remastered two years yep. ago, and uh, Bloodborne's like two years older. You know. That, yeah. I mean, I guess that's a that's a pretty fair point now. Um. So you know, maybe we'll see. Uh. We'll see a new Bloodborne, but Demon Souls, I tell you, like it's uh, there's some things I love about it, and some things that I'm like, this is hard, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, at least I'm not playing Crash Bandicoot right now. Um, <laughs> that soul form thing, I you know, it's so hard to find the item that you get back to human form, and then once you die, you lose it again, and uh, it's like. You can't summon help mm-hmm. uh, unless you're in human form, and um, so like it's extremely precious. These blue ephemeral right. eyes, or whatever they're called, and um, but uh, yeah, no, like another difference that I've been I've read about a little bit mm-hmm. is that Demon Souls has a lot more puzzle bosses than. Uh, Dark Souls does. Uh, what what like would that be? The older be? the series, yeah, the older the series gets, there's less puzzle bosses, and so like, um, it's when instead of just like having like a massive or small enemy that you know you need to dodge their attacks and attack them back and sure. just do regular straightforward damage, there's like a trick to beating them somehow, you know. Oh. Um, so for. Uh, the second boss, if you want to call him that, for uh, for the the Tower Knights and Demon Souls, like um, it's sort of a puzzle boss. It's not as much as like the one I fought in Dark Souls. In Dark Souls, there's like an invincible one tapping enemy that it turns out you have to like just dodge his hands and then go like unplug some weird little roots that he's connected to. And if once you unplug all three, he dies. So he's actually like one of the easiest bosses once if you figure you know that out. The thing. Yeah, sure. Um, I could see how that would be immensely frustrating, though, just given how you were kind of describing how, since the game doesn't have bonfires, yeah. you know, if you if you have to go up against a a puzzle boss, mm-hmm. you know, you could go through the trouble of backtracking and finding your way back to the boss. And then, and then to yeah. beat your head against the wall to find out, you know, what the mm-hmm. uh, what the trick is. Right. At um, least if in a more conventional boss fight, you know, if you make the trek back. Yeah, and you, 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 you just, you're making incremental progress. Exactly, you just do the fight. That's actually one of the things that I really enjoyed about, you know, Fallen Order, which, you know, has its Souls-like uh, kind of elements. Mm-hmm. You know, they were really good about placing checkpoints or you know their equivalent of bonfires yeah right next to where the boss would be (laughs) you know because when it got time for me to do the final boss Mm -hmm. i probably gosh i'd say i maybe had to try it 10 ish maybe more yeah times Mm -hmm. and that would have been just an extreme pain in the ass if i had to you know trek Uh my way halfway through the level yeah uh, the first Dark Souls, the final boss, has like a three-minute walk. It's stupid. 
Um, it feels <laughs> like I'm probably exaggerating, but it's uh, it's what it feels like yeah, when you're playing it. Um, it's but like the final. Thankfully, by the time you get to the final boss, he's not hard compared to some of the bosses in okay. your game. But um, like. Yeah, no, the Tower Knight was annoying. That's the second boss in Demon sure. Souls. And that, he, like I said, he's sort of a puzzle boss. The first thing you got to do, and it's not mandatory, but mm-hmm. you really got it, <laughs> is you got to kill these crossbowmen. There's like eight crossbowmen that are shooting at the arena. Okay. So you just run up the stairs and you go one by one. You're like, uh, stab, stab. And that takes you a couple, you know, a couple minutes. And then. Okay. Then you can go back and fight the boss. And so if the boss one-taps you or something, then you're like, oh, i got to go back and kill those crossbow guys again. And i got to run back to fight him. But, sure. um, like, you rather than, like, attack, he's so huge, you just fight his ankles. You just fight his ankles until he falls over, and then you attack his head, you know? Yeah, so that's like, just classic boss stuff, Yeah, you know? right. So... I can't... Um, I can't can't even begin to think how many boss fights have consisted of me just wailing on the back of some giant monster's foot. <laughs> yeah, or you, like, attack their hands or something. Exactly, yeah, like, mm-hmm. and they move just like, <laughs> Yeah. No, my hand is on the thing! <laughs> Don't you hit my fingernails, you son of a bitch! Right. Ah! Have you noticed I have eyes on the bottom of my palms, you know? Yeah, please. I hope yeah. no one hurts them. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, that's pretty wacky. So, granted, this is coming from someone who has very little Dark Souls or just Souls-like mm-hmm. experience. But just based on the kind of stuff that you've described to me uh, over your time playing with them. I basically just complained for 10 minutes just now, yeah, about Demon Souls. <laughs> well, like, so, you know, Demon Souls and then the Dark Souls trilogy mm-hmm. um, and, and Bloodborne, you know, they yeah. all kind of tackle things. Like, they, all of them have a somewhat similar, like, core formula. Yep. But each of them kind of seems to tackle it in a some, bit of a different yeah. way. It's so then... Exactly. So then, for you... For mm-hmm. Jeff Ross, oh, which of the, just like the core, like Souls games, mm-hmm. what had the best combination for you? Like what felt the yeah. best to play? Uh, Bloodborne's my favorite one. Bloodborne? Yeah. Um, uh, Dark Souls 1 and 3 are both like five-star games. Yeah. But Bloodborne is like a five-star game with like the coolest uh setting yeah and story mm-hmm. and it also has uh no tank build uh which is you know actually a complaint for some people who are wrong um <laughs> it's <laughs> like in in bloodborne there's like you can either build like a strength build or a or a dex build dexterity yeah. uh and you know, you fight fast, or you have a giant sword, or whatever. Sure. Uh, in there is also like uh, I don't think there's a ton you can do with the magic stuff in Bloodborne, but in Dark Souls you could have like a tank build where like you just keep building up like your ability to wear thicker armor. Yeah. And you block every attack, and 
Uh, or you could be like a faith build or like a magic build. Mm-hmm. Um, or like I said, the dexterity or strength and stuff. Sure. So, you know, and I'm, I'm not like the ultimate expert and I haven't done, uh, all of these types of builds, but, uh, in Bloodborne, they're like, screw it. The only way you're going to beat this game is if you dodge attacks and they right. like, they they include a shield in the game. Uh, as a joke in Bloodborne. <laughs> That's funny. It's like the wooden shield and it doesn't work, I guess. Huh. Um, well, so, then what about Sekiro? Does Sekiro have any of the build stuff? No. Uh, and I've barely played Sekiro, so I, maybe it would be my favorite if I played more of it. Sure. Um, but uh, it's more like you're always going to be a samurai. Right. And I think you can have... I mean, there's like... In that game, you have this, like, you got this arm, and it's a a prosthetic arm that you can, like, attach an axe to or, like, a grappling hook. Mm -hmm. Well, you always have the grappling hook, but, like, you can have little shurikens instead of the axe or a flamethrower. Those are what I found in, like, the first hour and a half of the game or whatever. And, uh, like, so I think you can uh, try to, like, brute force your way through some of the tankier enemies, but... Most of the time, it's, like, uh, you definitely have to, like, parry attacks and, like, dodge attacks instead of uh, blocking everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's more of, a, like, a samurai duel simulator sure. um, than, like, a typical Dark Souls game. Right. It's the definitely the weirdest of the, or the most unique of the souls born gotcha. of the Miyazaki games. Right. Um, uh, Dark Souls 2, I'm looking at you. Miyazaki was uh, too busy. He was like an EP instead of like a director of that game. Mm. Uh, he was working on Bloodborne at the time. Sure. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's why, in my opinion, that's why it's probably not as fun as the other games. Sure. You know, like, you know, that's one of the things that uh has always kind of turned me off from some of the souls games is the uh the whole way of you know structuring a build sure because you know the game really does not tell you that much about that kind of stuff so you are better off to maybe kind of do some research before you start playing Mm -hmm. about that kind of stuff which typically when i start a game i try to look into it as little as possible You know, so my times that I've played uh, Dark Souls 1 and Bloodborne, you mm-hmm. know, I've had just zero idea, yeah. you know, of what I'm doing with the build. And just like, that's a thing that I have in RPGs, you know, mm-hmm. in general. Anything that has just like, you know, a lengthy thing of, you know, taking you out of the game to, you know, just kind of manage things sure. like a build is mm-hmm. just... That that gets to be a, a bit too tedious for me. Sure. And that's another thing that I've really come to enjoy about East is, like, you know, it's all very minimal. Yeah. You know, it's just the game is, like, razor-focused on just, you know, keeping you involved in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. You know? I, you know, I think that... I suppose that was the... also something that Fallen Order did that I, that I yeah. really liked. It had a skill tree, mm-hmm. but... um 
it was one of the really best put together skill trees that I've experienced mm -hmm. because, you know, it opened up to you gradually and it worked in the way that, you know, like as you put more stuff into the skill tree, you were able to know more about the game. And so like, I don't know. And it, it fit really seamlessly like into the core uh, mm -hmm. aspect of the game. Uh, yeah. Sekiro has a skill tree. Okay. Um, to, it's more akin to Fallen Order than uh, any of the other games, I think. Okay. Um, but like, uh, personally, I can sometimes I find skill trees annoying. Um, I, that's valid. Like, uh, they're very common in now in games, and mm -hmm. um, like I. I want to. I like it when my character gets stronger over time, but yeah. I want to not feel like I'm missing out when I'm, like, not picking something. Right. And but in terms of uh, the build stuff for the Soulsborne games, just to comment on that for a second, like I, I feel like they, it doesn't take you out of the game to. Sure. Uh, it, it is like a little confusing at first to be like what does dex stand for or whatever yeah like, right and then you basically just have to like see which stats go up if you like level up or like mm -hmm. pretend to level like right. before you confirm it or whatever um so like okay so my my proficiency with like the chain sword is better than gotcha. if i do this uh I think, like, the first time you and I played Dark Souls was the first time both of us played, well... Yes. The first time I seriously played Dark Souls. Right. I did try it and then, like, screw up or whatever. But, like, once you figure out that, like, there's only... The trick to building a build in that game is really just pick three stats mm -hmm. and only build those up. Right. It's really... It, it's not like a complicated issue at all sure uh like in you typically you raise your health you raise your stamina and then you pick do i want to be a smarter guy do i want to be a stronger guy or a faster guy or whatever sure. but uh yeah no um and i i've been thinking about this as we talk about yep. freaking Soulsborne games again um i'm like i th it's got to be one of the most like impactful series in the last 10 years easy sure uh well yeah it's not, you've seen now so many um just uh, souls like games yeah yeah it's basically yeah not it's not very common where a game or a series shows up that basically creates its own genre yeah or right. genre <laughs> as Alex Trebek would say. say rip um, but like yeah I mean even like again going back to Fallen Order you know it it has I mean it's got a few different kind of uh, genres going on in the same mm -hmm. game but yeah the combat is very Souls inspired yeah you know and there's you know plenty of other games that have done it though mm -hmm. from what I have kind of seen Fallen Order seems to be the biggest example of, you know, like a triple A developer doing this. You know, most of the time that I've seen 
uh, games that aren't Miyazaki games go for the Souls like genre. Like they're not necessarily indie studios, but they're like kind of those middle studios. Yeah, they're making like double A games. Double A. Yeah. yeah. But this like Fallen Order was the first time that I encountered a triple A game mm-hmm. that, you know, wasn't directly connected to the Souls games. Yeah. Go for that style. Yeah, you know, it's like you got games like The Surge or um, Fallen. Or Lords, of the, Lords, Lords of the, the Fallen. Fallen? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Both were games that we got for free throughout <laughs> through PS Plus at some yeah. point, and I have tried neither of them. Uh, there's and then there's like the indie games that are inspired by it, like Salt and Sanctuary yep. and or um, Blasphemous. Yeah. Um, even like you get games that borrow just like the the health the souls mechanic basically yeah like, right uh, you got like hollow knight is inspired by the dark souls games a yes, little bit it is. but um it makes me think of like the that concept that uh cracked video put a uh video about and that was that core game thing yeah yeah have we ever talked about core games on this podcast i'm i honestly don't know i um demon souls is a core game you know yeah Um, and that's it's a game that other games kind of like borrow uh invented mechanics from sure Um, and uh i'm just i'm waiting you know it's always cool when a new one comes out you know like gta 1 is a core game for example or like assassin's for Creed sure. 1 yep um, just like these games that pop up that just kind of like define you know what kind of uh what kind of games we'll be seeing in the yeah, future right like so many open world games that we've encountered now you know are all or not all but you know are usually taking things from like assassin's creed Mm-hmm. or grand theft auto you know right and they almost kind of uh, grand theft auto in particular i don't want to get too sidetracked but grand theft auto basically kind of wrote the book on what most like crime games would feel like yeah absolutely a lot of these open world games will have like the concept of uh like a, a quest giver mm-hmm. you know that is out there standing waiting for you to like uh take or like start a cinematic mission yeah um versus like a an open world game more like the elder scrolls or something where the quest giver will be like somewhere out in the world there's a tower and right i left my ring there um could you grab it for me yeah uh so it's cool to see um like these core mechanics, these like really inventive mechanics. Like mm-hmm. I keep thinking about the first Arkham Asylum game, Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah, that's um, a core game. Yeah, you know it. Uh, it especially the combat in that game. You know, mm-hmm. with the rhythm-based uh, mm-hmm. counter mechanics and yeah. stuff like that. Um, that you end up with like Shadow of Mordor borrows yep. from that game a lot. And then, then like, pretty much most of the Spider-Man games that we've seen, yeah, yeah have borrowed from it. Um, we'll have to do an episode about the Batman games at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Those are fantastic. Yeah, that was those a a great. I mean, a great trilogy and also a great prequel to the trilogy. Ar- yeah, yeah, Arkham Origins. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, for sure. Those games are lovely. Absolutely. Uh, 
So, what do you think, uh, is there a game that's come out in the last few years that you feel like is a core game, like, that's going to, we'll see clones of, or, <sighs> I just don't think that I can think of one, you know, like, no. maybe even, like, indie games, too, you know, like, maybe in some of those there's something that we see these games inspired from, but, like, uh, like, Loop Hero just came out, and I know I talked mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Uh, it's, I've heard the game described as indescribable. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, just to refresh you a little bit, it's, it is an auto-battler roguelite yep. with, uh, both camp building and uh, environment building and deck building mechanics. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot in there. <laughs> it's and... an example of yes and game design. <laughs> Just like, you know, I like all this stuff. Let's put it in here. Yeah, it. like I, I have never played an auto battler before. Me either, really. Um, there's games that I've had that I've played that that feature an auto battle oh yeah system like both um trails of cold steel and yakuza 7 mm-hmm. have them in it but it's not it's not what the combat system is built around yeah so like you're as the player you know you're more you're setting up the the mobs like uh-huh. spawners like the the cocoons for spiders instead yeah. of like uh choosing to attack or whatever um and i know i talked about that a little bit before but i think that we can probably see some more of that in the future in the future yeah i know i think about it you know i can't say that i've encountered uh anything that i would describe as you know what might be a core game in the future i mean the games that i've played uh recently you know they might be doing things different Mm-hmm. Than, than have always been done but you can still kind of see where they derive some of their stuff from yeah you absolutely. know and um like even playing uh the remake of uh final fantasy 7 you mm-hmm. know it's so different in so many ways from its source material mm-hmm. and i've really not played a combat system that's really like it okay but um, there's these portions, like those kind of long portions where it's very linear mm-hmm. with maybe some light puzzle solving, but it's mainly just kind of opportunities for uh, like some building on character relationships and also, frankly, to pad out the length of the game. <laughs> and that kind of thing reminds me of games like well, more recent Naughty Dog games like mm. Uncharted or Last of Us, you know, where mm-hmm. you've got those portions where it's just you guys just chilling, just chilling, <laughs> walking. It's kind of like their world building yeah, portions. Okay. But yeah, or like I'll play games that that I myself personally haven't experienced anything like them before. Yeah. But they've either been around for a really long time and I just am late to the party in sure. playing them. Or it's like or it's just something that I have just been unfamiliar with. I get that. Yeah. You know? I, I I can't even think of a time that I've kind of probably the last time I've kind of been 
unlike the ground floor for like kind of a core game experience was probably Arkham. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean Right. Uh just being there when it came out, you know. Yeah, and a... getting to observe just mm-hmm. all of the kind of trends in gaming that kind of shifted and morphed in accordance yeah. to what it did just because it worked so well and received so much praise. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so there's myriad games to, to pick from that are like inspired by like Assassin's Creed or something. Oh, absolutely. Like itself, it's inspired by like Prince of Persia, which is inspired by, uh, you know, the like most, uh, I think Prince Persia would be a good example of a core game, but that, you know, yeah. involved, like, it didn't invent the 3D camera or, like, action third-person battles or anything like that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, like, that borrows from, like, Mario 64, sure. technically, and that's, like, uh, you know, maybe that game is, like, a super core game or something. <laughs> the but, innermost core game. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's, uh, I guess, to bring it back to the Soulsborne stuff, mm-hmm. um, it's, I, I'm happy to see that uh, Miyazaki evolved his concepts from Demon Souls yeah. into Dark Souls, and I'm happy that he evolved that into Bloodborne, and, um, and, I'm looking forward to uh, the Elden Ring. Right, because like, am I, am I remembering it right? And like, they're kind of collaborating with George R. R. Martin. Yeah, on that? he, that's going to be wild. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Martin is uh, writing the story for the new Elden Ring game, and very cool. No wonder it's taken so long to come out. <laughs> uh, Burn. <laughs> but. Uh, we'll see, you know, what uh, these, what the future holds for mm-hmm. Soulsborne games. and mm-hmm. Because uh, Dark Souls, there, there's not going to be a Dark Souls 4. It's it's supposed to be a closed trilogy, you know. Oh, really? Okay. Um, That's cool. It's, uh, and but there's still people out there who are like, Bloodborne 2, where is that? You I know? hear people talk about that every once in a while. Yeah. Um, like, I just, I remember when they, like, the initial trailer for Sekiro came out, like, people were, like, or, like, there was teasers and stuff like that, you know, before sure. that, before even the first trailer, and they're like, is this Bloodborne 2? Is this, the, has the time arrived? Nope. Not yet. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, um... I, I are. Are you looking forward to seeing where any, like, any of these new, uh, what's the word? Innovations go, mm-hmm. um, like. Even you know the Miyazaki stuff has spread to like Fallen Order, like yep. you said. So, yep. I'm looking. F- I hope that they make a new Jedi Fallen Order too. Or I like do that, too. You know. And then when we do the episode of that, we could probably speculate as to what might sure, happen. Sure, sure. Because it's interesting. And again, we won't get too much into it. But like, 
that period of time between the prequel and original trilogy mm-hmm. is really interesting because it's like there's really there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can tell yeah. in that period of time, but at the same time, how much of it can be consequential? Exactly. You know, like uh, yeah, because the empire still exists. Exactly. At the, start of the fourth and you know? yeah, yeah. So despite you know having these really cool things that happen in between the trilogies, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, Rogue One or Rebels, Fallen Order, all kinds of stuff, yeah. you realize it's just like, well, yeah, no, it, uh, mm-hmm. whatever your guys' mission was, <laughs> you didn't do a very good job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, suck it, Cal. <laughs> uh, um... Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah. I'm, I don't know that, and the Mandalorian fits in that time space as well. Mm-hmm. You know, even uh, though that's technically, yeah, I mean, that's after the oh. Ridge Tridge. The first, I thought that the first season was in between, though. I don't think so. No, I think it's yeah. I think it's always been after the Ridge Tridge. Oh, really? Okay. Or at least maybe part of it ran alongside it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, shows what I know. Star Wars super fan here. <laughs> um, maybe if you finished reading that comic, you would have known. <laughs> shame. <laughs> um, All right, now here. Before we bring this up to a close, yeah. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So... You know, like we've kind of talked about in this episode and also in the previous one, you know, you went through quite a bit of effort to get this most recent console and to kind of take your first steps into what's going to be the next or now current gen, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So, you know, out of all the game generations that there have been, which one would you say you were the most excited to get into? Like the console generation? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I can give my answer first if you want time to kind of cultivate yours. By all means. All right. For me, I think probably the generation I was most excited to get into was probably um, like the PS3, Xbox 360 era. Yeah. Because, I mean, for one, that was the first console I was able to really buy with my own money. Okay. You know? And... It was the it was at that point where, like we've kind of talked in previous things, you know, I was able to kind of have the most control into, you know, kind of the games that I was going to be, you know, looking into. Mm-hmm. And it was also around that time when I was actually able to start playing like rated M games and whatnot. And we mm-hmm. were and and it also feels like this was a right around the time when I would feel like games were really kind of starting to go into a bunch of interesting directions. Mm. So like PS3, Xbox 360, whatever generation that is, that was probably the time that I was like, just most excited to get in on the ground floor. I remember one of our friends had a PS3 before anybody else. And yeah, uh, it seemed like, well, first off it was the most expensive console ever. Yeah. Um, and it well uh but anyway it just like 
it seemed like he owned a supercomputer now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, exactly. And we all would go to his place after school and be like, oh, my God, just watch him so play real. Metal Gear Solid 4. Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> um, and to be fair, though. I, I've I've seen your PS5 now. It looks like a supercomputer. <laughs> it looks like a supercomputer. Yeah, like it it really yeah. has that futuristic look, and it's fucking enormous. It's so it is, it is huge. It's an absolute unit of a console. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna break my TV stand. Probably. Uh, I'm happy that the cat doesn't have room to climb on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, me too. Yeah, like Johan used to climb on my PS4, uh, but because there was space between the PS4 and yeah. the TV, and then I, you know, now I put the PS5 in that spot because it deserves to be on the highest shelf. It does indeed. And uh, now Johan is like just looking at the side of it, like hmm. he's trying hmm. to figure out how to open the thing to get uh, the disc out of it. He knows how to open the disc tray for your PS4. Yeah, he is. He he touches. The the front of the PS4, uh, I was playing uh, with, you know, Call of Duty just mm-hmm. uh, a week or so ago, and he turned off the PS4 in the middle of the freaking session. and uh, You're done, Jeff. It's <laughs> yeah. time to go to bed and cuddle me. <laughs> we have things to do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, you know, to answer your question, though... Mm-hmm. Um, I I have reviewed how I felt <laughs> about these different uh mm-hmm. and I definitely th- the N64 generation was the sure. one that I was the most envious of or the most excited to enter like yeah. playing because I was certainly late to the party comparatively in that time mm-hmm. uh and it's part you know I was just a kid my parents sure. were the, in charge of buying consoles and stuff like that and so I, you know, I remember, I remember like cracking the door into my mom's room while she was trying to sleep in the middle of the day. And I'm like, mom, can we buy an N64? <laughs> and she finally relented at some, you know, and she's like, okay, go tell your dad and go to Walmart or whatever, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I... I'm so embarrassed, but I walked out of the house and said "yabba dabba do" on the front porch. <laughs> it was more. I th- I think the exact words were "yabba do," ha ha. <laughs> it was. And I, I did not contain myself whatsoever. That's My mom amazing. could definitely hear me from her room in <laughs> the, from the front porch. So, uh, oh my god! Yeah, that's amazing. I so that's clearly the one that I was most excited to. Yeah, get. you didn't like create your own. Sl- well, I, I don't know. Did you <laughs> yeah. did you walk out onto your porch and yell anything when you bought your <laughs> when you were able to get your PS Five? No. The the uh the dread the just the sadness of adulthood is so so different than the happiness of childhood you know <laughs> just like when I bought a PS five I'm like cool you know I guess I'll I'll text a couple people hey I got a PS five ordered 
should be here in a couple weeks at the latest. Back to bed. I, I legit went back to nap. <laughs> so, compared to the getting that, you know, and just like that, that three-dimensional shift, you know. Yeah. Playing, like, being barely able to comprehend how, like, you play Mario 64 yeah. compared to, like, how easy it is to play Super Mario World or whatever. Right. Uh, just, it, you know, it's such a sh- change to play, mm-hmm. to go to the N64 era. Yeah. Definitely was the, I mean, the, the upgrades from one gen to another have slowly gotten smaller and smaller, yeah. you know, as, as time has gone on. So definitely, like, PlayStation 1, N64, that era, mm-hmm. you know, easily is probably the most just, the like, biggest awe-inspiring, yeah. you know? Uh, even like you compare, I mean, it's it is a big jump, but mm. uh, but from NES to Super Nintendo, yeah, it's not it's not changing dimensions, you know. You, right. You double your graphical capability, maybe, but yeah, games look better, maybe run a little bit better, but unless games start going into the fourth dimension, <laughs> we really won't have that next. Well, I you know that's what. They're trying to do with VRs, get That's that true. off the ground, but we'll see if that... I, I, have you been interested in the VR scene? Not really. I mean, there's some cool stuff that they've done with it, mm-hmm. but where it's at right now, to me, yeah. largely still kind of constitute it. It's just like, ooh, look at this. It's a novelty. It's a novelty, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really cool, and I think in the future, mm-hmm. it's going to be like fantastic and it's probably where the industry could go Mm -hmm. but you know when we had this most recent thing of it like oh yeah vr is really getting there yeah not not quite right it's gonna be cool but i've i've not really had the desire to get like a vr headset or Mm -hmm. anything you know it just doesn't seem like it's worth the price of admission right no not really Uh, not yet at least i've yet to see anything that shows up that it's like Okay, yes, this is why I want to do yeah. this. No killer app. No. Uh, and I think about that with the new generation. Like, the PS5 has its killer app, and that's a remake of a PS3 game. Right. And, you know, I played it, and I'm like, can't wait for Guilty Gear Strive to come out. Yeah. So, you know, keep like looking for new games to play on PS5. I'm like... I'm scratching my head over here. I'm like, am I am I gonna buy Assassin's Creed Valhalla <laughs> just to have another PS5 game, you know? But uh, it's like uh, I definitely got. I'm an early adopter of the new sure. generation, and yeah, uh, it's because I felt like they're, you know, I may as well just keep throwing my darts at the tiny ass dartboards to and see if I can land a PS5. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, now that I, you know. Now that you've got your bullseye, yeah, it'll. I'll wait for the points to settle in nice. eventually, you know. But word, uh, there's certainly if you're not a Demon Souls, Dark Souls fan, you know, there's not a huge rush to get a next gen console. Right. Yeah, that's why. That's why we're still waiting. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like to probably have one by the time Strive comes out, but yeah. you know, if we don't, we don't. Right. You know, uh, that delay happened. You it know, did. It's, uh, 
was going to come out on the 9th of April. Now it's the 11th of June. Yep. And Just gives me all the more time to hopefully snag one. Yeah. Uh, I saw that this Amazon was like stocking yeah. 45,000 PS5s or something like that, yeah. which is insane. Right. Uh, so you could, you could nab one maybe. It's possible. But... Yeah. We might have to give it a shot. Uh, yeah. Cause we, we, uh, ate the cereal that had the sweepstakes for the PS5 and I don't think we entered. So. Oh no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, thinking about that killer app terminology, like I, what the, the real killer app for Xbox series X seems to be, uh, uh, the, f- game pass yeah <laughs> you know um just being able to play like you know a hundred different games right. for 10 bucks a month or whatever i mean game is. pass is you know phenomenal i absolutely yeah. love it mm-hmm. still I, I can't say i've really gotten too much out of it yet but i will yeah uh but even that is available on pc so it's right. like there's no there's still nothing for it to, no reason to buy an xbox i'm sorry microsoft <laughs> um please don't take away the vaccine from me. <laughs> just for saying that, but um, yeah, no. Uh, so to wrap it up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll see what the future holds. Absolutely, for the next gen and for these core games and killer amps. But uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for now, that kind of wraps it up. You can probably expect our episode going into Fallen Order probably coming out next week as opposed to, you know, uh, a couple of weeks out from now. So, yeah, until then, you know, Jeff, thanks again for a lovely chat about video games. Yeah, I had fun. Thanks for for chatting and thanks for listening, listener. Indeed, yeah. So hope everyone's doing well. Stay safe over these next few weeks. And, uh, yeah, we'll all see you next time. Have a good one. Bye.